0: Ever since I can remember, the Twilight Zone has always been there, lurking in the background. The Twilight Zone is is creepy, is thought-provoking, and and forward-thinking. Each episode can mean something completely different depending on whom you ask. So what is the Twilight Zone? Is it horror, fantasy, science fiction, drama, a thriller, or supernatural? I would say all of the above. It's also the best-made Anthology TV series ever made as far as I'm concerned the reason I think it's so beloved and it's lasted so many years is because it's so many things to so many people it took the time to to develop the stories on a week to week basis as hard as that was to do in 25 to 30 minutes The Twilight Zone was able to make a point and hide it in plain sight without hitting you over the head with it When entering the Twilight Zone, we were encouraged to to think. We were invited to enjoy twists and turns. Contemplate absurd endings. Be captivated by a prisoner falling in love with a robot because of extreme loneliness. A woman encountering herself as a child. Aliens planting the consumption of human flesh. Even mannequins coming alive. But 61 years later, I'll take you down a different kind of road for a moment, for a brief wander into the Twilight Zone.
1: There is a fifth dimension beyond that which is known to man. It is a dimension as vast as space and as timeless as infinity. It is the middle ground between light and shadow, between science and superstition. And it lies between the pit of man's fears and the summit of his knowledge. This is the dimension of imagination. It is an area which we call the twilight zone.
0: Tonight we have another episode, which once again is eerie and atmospheric, and it's just one of those episodes, once again, where, and honestly, I'm going to be right up front with everyone about Judgment Night, which is the name of this episode, I didn't care for this episode at all, and it's one of the rare episodes in the Twilight Zone uh, that I just didn't feel really fit all that much, although, uh, Serling himself, um, he inserted this in here because it was such a, a biting, uh, a story, a, a, a telling of, um, some of the atrocities that the Nazis, uh, uh, perpetrated at the time, so I get why he would have inserted this, uh, particular episode into the, uh, the canon of the Twilight Zone, him being uh, of Jewish descent, and just him just being an up an outstanding, upstanding uh, gentleman that just wanted to see people be good and do good things. Um, to completely oversimplify uh, what uh, Mr. Uh, Serving was going for. Now, nah, I can't say everything that he was thinking. Because, of course, I didn't know him. As a matter of fact, I wasn't even born. <laughs> uh, and, unfortunately, we never got the chance to walk the earth at the same time. Um, I was born several years uh, after his, his, uh, his departure. But, um, before I get off the rails, as I tend to to do from time to time, we're going to just run down um, what I liked about the episode, what I didn't particularly care about the episode, and just throw in a few uh, fun facts and some trivia and things like that, and um, wrap up the episode, and as always, I'm going to do every episode uh, justice, because that's exactly what um, The Twilight Zone deserves. Itself, even if I don't particularly like the episode, which I'm always upfront and honest about everything that I do. This was one of the episodes that just—it's unforgettable its just forgettable for me. And I'm not gonna say I'll never watch this episode again, but it's one where I probably could go a few years without ever seeing or ever talking about it. It just kind of like to stay out of uh, my mind's eye and my thoughts. Okay, so on board the uh, Glasgow, in a is a uh, is a German uh, named Carl Lancer, with no memory of how he got there, yet with a feeling that he's met all the passengers somewhere before. Now things are made even more mysterious by Lancer's certainty that an enemy sub is stalking the ship, and by his that something is going to happen at 1.15 a.m. His fear proves correct. At 1.15, a U-boat surfaces. Peering through binoculars, Lancer sees that its captain is himself. Now the U-boat sinks the helpless freighter. Then crew members machine gun the remaining survivors, Lancer sinks beneath the waters. Later on, uh, on board the sub, a lieutenant suggests they might all face damnation for their action. And in Lance, of course, he completely discounts this theory, not realizing that he is, in fact, doomed to relive the sinking of that ship for eternity. Now, before I go any further, I just want to talk about my personal uh, thoughts on this particular episode. And before we jump into that, we're going to uh, talk about um, just uh, who who wrote it, who produced it, who, uh, who directed it, and so forth and so on. So this originally aired... Uh, December 4th of 1959 and it was of course, it was written by Rod Serling and it was, was produced by Buck Houghton uh, the great uh, prolific producer and it was directed by John Brown and the cast we, uh, as we talked about was um, Carl Lancer he was played by Nehemiah Persoff and then we have uh, Captain Rober which is uh, Played by Ben Wright, and then we have uh, First Officer Patrick, um, which was played by Patrick uh, McNee Then we have Lieutenant Muller, which was played by uh, James and Franciscus. and uh, that's pretty much rounds out the uh, the the main uh, the main cast, the one that has the most uh, amount of screen time. So. Um, this, you know, it wasn't well acted for the most part, um, it was overacted in, in some cases as far as, as far as what I saw, as far as I'm concerned, um, so he plays the role of the mysterious stranger okay, and that's as far as I can, you know, as far as I can go, It was a bit overacted at times, and I think that's what I had, um, most of my issues, With now we jump back to Lancer's memory and it starts to slowly come back to him and he has moments when he knows a bit too much about a certain topic Um, about German submarines and German tactics of war of the time of course we realize and we find out why that is because he basically has to ride this same uh, Ship the same freighter uh, for all of eternity as a ghost, and I think, as far as I'm concerned, this is actually the first uh, episode where it's actually a ghost story. And I've noticed that all of the, for the most part, the the episodes in the Twilight Zone that have to do with ghosts, they have to do with Nazis and you know, um, comeuppance. You know, basically that go around coming around to them again so I'm thinking this is um, something that Serling specifically put in for um, for, for reasons and um, Death Heads Revisited is another one of these where it's a, um, it's a ghost story the, the uh, concentration camp um, the ones that died they come back for the uh, officer <clears throat> who basically just uh, comes back with glee and then He's just, um, he's just ran out of there. But we'll talk about that more when we get to that particular episode. It's one of the, uh, classic episodes. Once again, that's not one of my favorite episodes, but the more I watched it, the more I kind of, like, found some really good nuggets within that particular episode as well. Excuse me. And then there's, uh, then there's the, um, the hat that that jogs his memory completely once he sees it, he sees the name he realizes who he is, what he is, and what he's there to do, and then 1 15 a m rolls around now, I'll admit, this wasn't one of my you know like I said favorite episodes. Lancer is basically doomed to ride the uh the ghost ship that he destroyed with women and children for uh, for all eternity. Um and therein lies the, the the judgment. So there are so many things I could have really uh talked about on this particular uh episode and unfortunately I just I'm not going to really get into too much of it, but um uh, judgment Night, it really is a uh, is a flying Dutchman uh, variation um, involving a Nazi submarine commander who's somewhat persuasively portrayed by uh, Jerusalem born Nehemiah Persoff. Now, the episode also boasts a pre Mr. Novak James uh, Franciscus in a bit role as a nervous lieutenant under Persoff's uh, command, demonstrating for all to hear that a convincing german accent is far beyond his uh his reach now numerous sets are employed from uh the wreck of the mary deer a film starring gary cooper and charlton heston that metro had just completed now there's authentic footage of a u-boat crew in action which was convincingly integrated into the film as well now this nautical fog uh, and shrouded ghost story re- was well written by Serling, for the most part. Um, it was the first episode directed by German-born director John Brahm. Previously, Brom had directed the movie The Brasher Dublon an adaptation of Raymond Chandler's The High Window, as well as The Lodger and Hangover. Uh, Square now two efficiently scary films starring uh, L- uh, Lillard Look uh, Richard. now Richard's, um last two films in fact were some of the um, probably what some people would say some of the best but it's really questionable now it was I was on the basis of those two uh, critical films that Houghton. Uh, hired Brom, feeling that the mood he had created in them would be perfect for the Twilight Zone. It was. In fact, Brom would direct 12 episodes for the series, more than any other director. Now, Judgment Night marked the first and only reported case of censorship on the Twilight Zone. In the original script, Serling had the ship's first officer, Patrick McNeil, uh later the intimidable mr Uh, Steed of the avengers order up a cup of tea to the bridge now general foods whose uh sanka coffee commercials were sponsored um, were sponsoring the show objected to this reference to what they perceived as a competitor now the line was changed to ordering a um now ordering a um what is it um I guess a, 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 cup of, a cup of coffee, which uh, was served well. So, this was one of the only uh, areas where we had uh, censorship on and from the, uh, the, the Twilight Zone. And um, certainly encountered another problem on Drudge and Night, albeit uh, a tiny one uh, regarding the reading of the narration. One of the first lines i had to say was next week we invite you to take a trip on a tramp steamer and of course i said next week we invite you to take a trip on a stamp streamer and of course we had to do it over again so this is one of the uh, one of the small uh issues that uh kind of like ran through but they had to go back and Re edit that and do that whole little spot, the ending monologue again. Um, kind of like leading into the next episode. But um, I just love those little uh, bloopers that we get from uh, Serling. They're uh, far and few and very rare, but when we get them, they're uh, they're very uh, interesting. Now, um, I've got a little bit more uh, trivia that's going to come up here soon, but we're going to take a, uh, a brief break and uh, I'll be right back.
2: was brought to you tonight by Kleenex Tissues. The only tissue that gives you so much
3: The soft, strong tissue with the Kleenex touch The Twilight Zone is brought to you tonight by the perfect coffee on the modern scene. New Aroma Roast Sanka Coffee The Twilight Zone is brought to you by the new Polaroid 10-second automatic camera. Only three buttons to push. One, two, three. And in just 10 seconds, a finished picture.
0: So once recalled how he got the idea for the story. I got it while listening to a sermon about the hereafter. I've never been able to stomach the concept of hell. At least not the Dante version. It struck me that purgatory can be given modern dress, which is what happened in this show. Serling's fight over control of censorship usually dealt with the sponsors, not the networks. In an issue of TV Guide, Serling remarked, If you sell the Saturday Evening Post, your name goes on the story and it stays on it. It's your story, not the post or the sponsors'. The Post is an example of the comparative freedom from this censorship of other mediums. It's a popular mass medium, too, but I guess people don't associate product with content the way they associate product with a TV show. If a Post story deals with infidelity and it's continued to where Suburbly has a tire ad. People who disapprove of infidelity don't stop buying Suburbly tires. If Suburbally sponsored the same story on TV, I guess they might. While the standard procedure was to send both the network and the advertising agency representing the sponsor a first draft of all of the scripts for feedback before the final revision and polish, Serling only had one direct conflict with the sponsor, Sanka, during the first season. In an interview with Mike Wallace on September twenty-second, 1959, Serling explained, In 18 scripts, Mike, We, we have had one line changed. Which again, with a little, you know, it was a little ludicrous, but of insufficient basic concern within the context of the story to put up a fight. Now on a bridge of a British ship, a sailor calls down to the galley and asks in my ship for a pot of tea. Because I believe that it's constitutionally acceptable in the British Navy to drink tea. Now, one of my sponsors happens to sell instant coffee. And he took great umbrage, or at least minor umbrage, anyway, with the idea of saying tea. Well, we had a couple of swings back and forth, nothing serious. And we decided we'd ask for a a tray to be sent up to the bridge. But in 18 scripts that's the only conflict we've had which was pretty good now the now the initial draft for a coffee urn was later changed to teapot on June 29th it was after June 20, after the, the uh, June 29th revision that the sponsor reviewed the script and asked for all references to tea be removed because the sponsor feared the viewers might associate with their competition who who sold tea only. Now on July 10th Serling made a more drastic change not just to please a sponsor but to avoid any association of liquids. Tea was, produced, uh, was replaced with a tray of food. Now the caption when entering the lounge originally spoke um um thought I'd just have a cup of tea, but the line was changed to, I did want to say hello to some of you. A later reference in the script, Pot of Tea, was replaced with, The tray for the bridge, please. Now, the D. Forest Research Group gave Serling their comments on on July 2nd, 1959. Among the concerns and suggestions, the antique clock that Lancer views when counting down the minutes was supposed to have a pendulum and instructed as instructed in a script, but it was replaced with a clock with no pendulum at all. The proper German spelling of lieutenant was Lutnad, and Serling made the appropriate changes. It was also pointed out that the man serving the bar at the bar would most likely be a regular seaman doing extra duty for pay, not a bartender as such. Serling also made a number of other changes, such as changing lines, yes sir to aye aye sir, the word fixed was replaced with prepared. Now, like the 16mm shrine, Sterling felt negative about this episode. Judgment Night, in its original script form, was a better than average flight of fancy, he recalled after reviewing the final cut. Its filming left it so incredibly less than that. The production values, however, can be listed as above average to most viewers. Most notably how the camera tilts slowly doing Carl Lancer's escapade on board the ship as 115 approaches. So it's kind of it's kind of great to hear that uh, that Serling didn't even like his own script and maybe the way the the, the episode turned out itself. So you know, I don't feel so bad not uh, particularly caring about this episode. Uh, when I say I am don't care about the episode, I don't care for it. That, you know, it's it's not like definitely not in my top uh, top fifty or even top twenty <laughs> um, episodes of the Twilight Zone. But I really um, I think there were some things that could be brought out about this episode, and there were a few things here. And there that, you know, it, it earned it a little bit of uh, a little bit of, of, of merit. But definitely not one of my uh favorite uh episodes of the Twilight Zone, unfortunately.
1: Here's an item we forgot you see this it holds a promise for anyone who smokes it's Oasis and as its name implies it promises you the most refreshing the softest taste of all try Oasis I
3: think you'll like it Twilight Zone has been brought to you by milk wave Lilt the new home permanent you mix with milk the curls that start soft and stay lively
1: Her name is the SS Queen of Glasgow. Her registry British, gross tonnage 5,000, age indeterminate. At this moment, she's one day out of Liverpool. Her destination, New York. Duly recorded on this ship's log is the sailing time, course to destination, weather conditions, temperature, longitude and latitude. But what is never recorded in a log is the fear that washes over a deck like fog and ocean spray. Fear like the throbbing strokes of engine pistons, each like a heartbeat, parceling out every hour into breathless minutes of watching, waiting, and dreading. For the year is 1942, and this particular ship has lost its convoy. It travels alone like an aged, blind thing groping through the unfriendly dark, stalked by unseen periscopes of steel killers. Yes, the Queen of Glasgow is a frightened ship. She carries with her a premonition of death.
3: Light in the salon. Let's black out down there.
2: finish serving dinner soon sir
4: you best go in if you want to wait thank you yes.
3: Lancer, yes, I'm Jerry Potter. We look for you at dinner. Saw your name on the purser's list. We were wondering where you were. Oh, the uh, captain wasn't able to join us tonight. Uh, Come on over and have dessert. Thank you. No,
2: I'm not hungry. How about some coffee, sir? Thank you. I would like a cup of
3: coffee. Here's your seat right over here, Mr. Lancer.
4: The more the merrier.
3: We could do with a bit of merriment. I'll do the honors. Mrs. Major Devereaux. How'd you do? And his secretary, Miss Stanley.
2: Are you heading home, Mr.
4: Lancer, or away from home?
2: Why, I'm heading away from home.
3: Um, what do you do, Lancer? Me? Well, I saw your name on the list. I tried to figure out what you looked like. It's a game I play. I try to connect a face with a name. I thought probably you were... a an old language professor from Oxford or something. There comes
2: the captain. No, 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 no. Please don't get up. I uh, haven't much time. I just wanted to say hello to some of you. I do apologize for not being able to get down to dinner. That we have a miserable fog out there, and I thought it best to take my meal on the bridge. And the rest of the convoy, Captain, are they in sight? They would have to be three feet off the bow to be in sight, Major. That fog out there is very thick. However, we have some hopes of making contact with them tomorrow. I'd feel much safer if we were in convoy. I can almost see those wolf packs, isn't that what you call them, converging on us. There'd be no wolf packs converging on a single ship, Major Devereaux. The principle of the submarine pack is based on the convoy attack. The gentleman is quite correct. Our principal danger would lie in a single submarine
3: i'll tell you something i'd rather they go after us for one of those pocket battleships that you can see not a skulking crummy tin fish a couple of miles underwater if you're being followed you'll see the sub mr potter it will surface they won't use all of their torpedoes on us not
2: when they can sit at a thousand yards and shell us with impunity and sink us at will
3: Forgive me, Mr... Uh, Oh, this is Mr. Lancer, Captain.
2: Mr. Lancer, but you sound rather like a U-bird commander. Forgive me, that was clumsy of me. I hope I didn't get any on you, Miss Stanley. No, you didn't get any on me, but you did quite a job on yourself there. Oh, that's quite all right. Oh, it'll stain, sir. I said it all right! Yes, sir. As you say sir Uh, can i get you some more coffee no thank you that won't be necessary all right sir won't you please sit down mr lanza well i think we can start to get better acquainted now first of all i hope you're all as comfortable as possible this ship was not designed to carry passengers you know and i hope you'll bear with any little inconveniences Uh, mr potter i understand that you're with the american government
3: Uh, War production board. Uh And uh, where is home, Mr. Potter? Chicago, Illinois. The Windy City. I'll tell you, I'll be glad to get see her, too. And you, Mr. Lancer, where is home for you?
2: Home? Uh,
3: I was born in Frankfurt. Frankfurt? Frankfurt, like in Germany? Yes, Germany.
2: had you been in england how long uh not very long i'm not long at all uh, please forgive me i'm not feeling
3: very well today i think i would better go to my cabin it's too bad lancer i was hoping we might get up a poker game perhaps later if you feel better yes perhaps later Good
2: night. Good night, Mr. Lance. Good night. Good night. Miss Stanley. Fog carries a chill with it, doesn't it? Yes, yes, it does. Have we met before?
4: I don't
2: think so. You'll forgive me. You looked so familiar. But for that matter, they all did.
3: Mr. Lancer, are you all right?
2: Yes, yes, I'm all right. It's just that I have these crazy feelings. What? The feeling of doing things, saying things. The feeling that you've done them before. I know that feeling. I've had it occasionally. Being in a room somewhere and being able to swear that you've been there before. Even the conversation seems identical to another time. And the people?
3: Yes. And the people too.
2: How odd. I don't seem to recall. I don't seem to getting on this ship, or anything else for that matter. It's suddenly as if I woke up and found myself standing on deck and hearing your voices coming from the Salon. Like amnesia. No, not really, I know who I am, I'm Karl Lancer. I am Karl Lancer. I was born in Frankfurt, Germany. I'm in the... In the what? You were going to tell me. You were in something or other. Who was I? I don't remember.
4: Mr. Lancer, perhaps if you got some sleep.
2: No, sleep couldn't help me. I don't think I could get to sleep. I feel as if... as if... I'm in a nightmare. It's so strange disaster out there. Doom. We are being stalked. I know we're being stalked. There's a sub out there, a U-boat. I know. I know it's there. I know it.
3: Mr. Lancer. I'm Lancer. The captain's compliment, sir. He wonders if you'd come with me to the bridge. He'd like to have a few words with you. Certainly. What, do you follow me, please, sir?
2: Boom, 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 A good catch tonight, huh? The Queen of Glasgow, 5,000 dollars. Isn't that what the registry said?
4: Yes, sir. Oh, you have nerves, Miller. No, not not really, sir. I think shaky, shaking, perhaps. Why, nothing, sir. Why? Sir, there were people on that ship. Women, too. So? Sir, we gave
2: them no warning. Oh, you'd have us give them warning so their radio operator can signal his position, which happens to be, incidentally, our position. You have sentiment, Merlo, but no brains. You're an old woman, you know that.
4: I just... I just found it difficult to... To do what? To reconcile the killing of men and women without any warning. It makes me wonder if we're not damned now.
2: <laughs> in the eyes of the British Admiralty, we most certainly are.
4: I mean, sir, in the eyes of God.
2: Oh, you're not only a
4: fool lieutenant but also
2: religious fool and perhaps a mystic at that suppose we are damned
4: what will happen then i've had dreams about it perhaps there is a special kind of hell for people like us perhaps to be damned is to have a fate like the people on that ship to suffer as they suffer and to die as they die you are a mystic lieutenant we'd ride the ghost of that ship every night every night Herr captain for eternity they could die only once just once but we could die a hundred million times we'd ride the ghost of that ship every night every night for eternity. captain. The ghost of
1: that ship. The SS Queen of Glasgow heading for New York and the time is 1942. For one man, it is always 1942. Light in the salon. Let's
3: black out down there.
1: And this man will ride the ghost of that ship every night. For eternity. This is what is meant by paying the fiddler. This is the comeuppance awaiting every man when the ledger of his life is opened and examined, the tally made, and then the reward or the penalty paid. And in the case of Karl Lancer, former Kapitan Leutnant, Navy of the Third Reich, this is the penalty. This is the justice meted out. This is Judgment Night in the Twilight Zone.
2: And now, Mr. Serling. Next week, three men return from a
1: flight into space only to discover that their nightmare has just begun. Rod Taylor, James Hutton, and Charles Aidman appear in And When the Sky Was Opened. What happens to these men once they're picked up in the desert? Well, that gives you a rough idea. You'll see next week on The Twilight Zone. Thank you and good night.